0: Reach the entertainment hotline, a chatter podcast. Listeners, let's dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au, and Media Week's head of entertainment.
1: Hi, Richard. I'm Anita. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. you. I wonder if I may, if I could start with a little story to tell you. Please. When I was 18 years old, I worked on reception at Dendy. And for the whole of Dendi, so it was Dendi Films, Dendi Cinema, et cetera. And we invited you, the Royal We invited you to a premiere. And my name was on the invitation. And I got a phone call back in the day. Rather than getting an email, it was a phone call RSVP from you. And I remember calling my mom and going, Mom, Richard (laughs) Roxburgh just left me a voicemail. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh that is hilarious. Did I say yes or no to going to the
1: You said no. Oh Did, I'm wondering <laughs> if it was the wind that shakes the barley with Killian Murphy.
0: Oh yeah. No, I don't think I've ever seen it, so I think it must have been a no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I just wanted to tell you, this has been a very long time coming in for me to actually get to oh, sit boy. down with you. Isn't that great?
0: That is great.
1: So now we're here to talk to you about Prosper. I mean, you have been in the industry for so long, but I would obviously let's talk about Prosper. I yeah. was wondering if you could give me an elevator pitch for Prosper because I love to always hear it from the actor themselves.
0: Prosper is the story of a family who are the leaders of an evangelical church, which is rapidly becoming a mega church. And it explores the, uh, I guess, the subterrain of their complicated family life in the lee of them trying to expand their operations into America and build uh, a kind of supreme megachurch. That is, I guess, what it is. So there's a, you know, obviously within that, There's a lot of kind of difficulty and darkness and tricky territory for these people to navigate.
1: And it's particularly tricky for your character, Cal, who he's quite a complicated man, as we learn in the first episode immediately. Let's talk about Cal Quinn. What do you think his character is based on or about?
0: I think he's somebody who um, has discovered belief in the Christian God as a way, and it's an absolute belief. There's no doubt. The belief in itself is unshakable. He does believe that that's that that's the God and that's the light and, that's the, and that that God is the way. But I feel like it was a way for him to get out of his dependence on drugs. Uh, in an earlier life and from a really deeply troubled um, past. So he found a life raft in Christianity and he's also somebody who's magnetic and driven and charismatic and he can string words together in a way that people found compelling. So he's become the kind of, you know, the, the, the voice of the movement. And it's kind of, um, you know, he's the, he's the angel at the front of the ship and they, and with all of the kind of difficulty and complexity that that brings, because he has to be accountable for everything. And as we discover, you know, in a short space of time, he's a very complicated guy.
1: Completely and also compounded by all of his family and everybody is quite complicated in his family as well.
0: Yes. There's, you know, it's a family. The families <laughs> families are always complicated.
1: Are they? No, I'm just <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, apart from yours. Yes.
1: Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> They're horrendously complicated, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, Uh, So family life is hard enough, let alone when you're trying to set yourself up as an exemplar of a way to lead a good Christian life. And let alone when you, you know, you fly around in chartered Learjets and you wear clothes that are worth thousands and thousands of dollars all the time because... You know, there's this interesting marriage of the evangelical movement and, and capitalism. The two go really well together because one doesn't negate the other. So the, in the evangelical church, it's, it's kind of fine to be really rich. It's actually pretty good. Um, at least in part because you can tithe, you know, t- t- your 10% to the church, which is great and useful as well in terms of its growth. So. These are bedfellows, um, uh, but whether they're healthy bedfellows or it's an unholy alliance is another thing that's worth investigating. I think no matter what, the the stuff that is being investigated in, in Prosper is useful and interesting given that the evangelical movement is the biggest growth movement in Christianity across the globe now.
1: It is very scary, I guess, the amount of money that goes into it, but it's also very scary, I think, as someone who's not as a part of that community myself, to see that people kind of flock to these churches, I think, to find meaning.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think they really do. And I think that makes it, I mean, it it certainly makes it all the more heartbreaking when when suddenly one, you know, some newspaper report comes out and it's like, oh, my God, could that person, could that leader of that church possibly be guilty of these things? Uh, and the kind of spectacular unravelings that we've seen across time, not just now, across his, the history of, of mm-hmm. these movements, um, you know, deeply fallible, deeply charismatic, Human beings at, at, in charge of these these things, but wow, when it when it goes wrong, it really breaks so many good people's hearts, mm-hmm. and I think that's another thing that is worth lively investigation in in Prosper.
1: Absolutely. Have you seen the show? The I was, was going to is it SBS or ABC? SBS with Mark Fennell, The Kingdom, the documentary.
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, I actually wondered if you'd seen it because it's very much this story, and it's about the Hillsong Church. But yeah. I am very, very curious what research that you did do to play oh, this character. Hold
0: on. No, uh, remind me who Mark Fennell?
1: SBS. He's a journalist.
0: Yes. Sorry, I have seen it. Yes.
1: Yes. I yes.
0: But I've watched.
1: I'm testing your memory what? today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my head's. <laughs> no. 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 I've watched but I watched kind of so much material on the history of the Evangelical Church and read so much stuff about it because I mean, also because it's just really interesting for me um and listened to just hundreds of podcasts as well, some really fascinating podcasts, especially from people who were in the church who've now left it um there's an amazing there's one in particular there's an amazing podcast by by they're called i think they called themselves the reformed evangelicals um so and these are kind of super smart people who still believe in god but they've let go of the evangelical part of the equation and and what all of that means so you know i did a lot of reading in and around the church across all all of its kind of places.
1: It is very fascinating, like you said. It's like such a fascinating topic, especially, I mean, you know, if you might not necessarily be a part of it yourself or have never thought to be a part of it yourself. Was there anything that maybe shocked you apart from the money kind of grab that the evangelical church is or about
0: I mean, I think that there will be some things that really will shock people. The fact that, you know, the, I, I, know I know it's reasonably often talked about, but the fact that churches don't pay tax—I
1: um, did not know that. I should probably know, know that, but I did not know that.
0: Well, if you have tax sta- if you have um, church status in in Australia and um, I believe in the states as well, you you don't pay tax. Um, and so with, with some lively and creative accounting, there are ways that, um, you can, there's just so much money. There is so much untold amounts of money. And because they, you know, you don't have to pay tax. The bookkeeping has always been pretty kind of loosey goosey. I think that's fascinating um because That's there's just such a you know there's just in terms of accountability i think it's uh there's there's a lot wanting there for me i i think though it's more kind of um i mean i think the the al- the allegiance of kind of money to christianity is is of particular interest because the church is this because the it, the Pentecostal movement is growing so much, and because those two are not at war with each other, as you know, historically it has been. You know, mm-hmm. money is—it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle. You, th- there's been this idea, but now it's very much like earn, grab, get stuff, buy shit, bring it into your life. That's and and still you're, you're you're welcome and invited to church and and that's a good thing. I think this is a new way of approaching Christianity which is convenient and I don't I think it's just worth examination.
1: Does it ever scare you to talk about this stuff publicly? I mean, it's you know what they always say, you know, when you're sitting around the dinner table don't bring up politics or religion, but does it kind of scare you to be able to go I'm working on this project and then this is kind of what I've learned or this is my opinion on the matter.
0: Um, it doesn't really scare me with this because I know what I, what I do and don't believe myself. I guess what, what I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like people to think that this is a show where we're uh, ridiculing Christianity, we're poking fun at it or we're dragging its name through the dirt because it's it's most definitely not that and it's importantly not that because i think you know apart from anything all of the people in the story all of the characters who people this this, this family they, they all believe they believe absolutely the belief is not the question it's about mm. how it's explored in their lives and what um how, how they can compartmentalize things and push things aside and say, we will, okay, but that sort of existed, but maybe it didn't really exist. And maybe I don't have those feelings or whatever. But I don't, I definitely don't want people thinking that that it's a mockery of Christianity because it's not. Um, because I think so many, you know, there's so many beautiful things about religion. I don't, I, will, I, I won't, um, it's not of interest to me. Organized religion is, a, is not of interest to me. Um, and I, and so I don't feel scared to say that cause that's my stuff. That's what I believe. Um, sometimes, you know, yeah, look now more than ever, you've got to be careful with treading on people's toes and saying things to get, but I don't really care. I'm in a point where I, you know, I don't care. <laughs> um, so yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I get it. And also like everyone's always cancelled for so many reasons, aren't they? Like it's so silly, but I love that you just kind of, you are who you are and this is what you believe and you just go out there and that's that's that. And like you said, this show is not a mockery. It's actually evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Am I the journalist here? Mm -hmm. Um, But is that... (laughs) But that – it's almost like a background character itself. It really just is a character. It's not necessarily about that. It's kind of a, a background theme.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but because it's so important and it's so huge, let's talk about it. I mean uh – uh let's just hold some things up to the light and explore what could possibly happen. What could possibly go wrong with this family, with all of their you know secrets and things in the past and things that go wrong. Part of what's interesting in the story, though, is it's the fact that they have so many expectations of themselves and that other people have so many high expectations of them, which are in, uh, impossibly high expectations that's the very reason why they have to kind of hide, why they have to build this kind of worlds of secrets. And, oh, my God, if the world finds that out, then I'll be absolutely, it'll bring the church to ruin. It'll bring it to its knees so nobody can find that out. So that's pushed into a box, hidden. And it's like, well, guys, if you didn't, you know, if you weren't saying that you were perfect or pretending that you were, you wouldn't have to do all of this. In, in a way, to my mind, that's really interesting because it's okay. Well, then let's stop pretending that we're perfect. Let's stop trying to pretend that. Uh, but I feel that it's it's an impediment of organized religion that we've always had this this thing of kind of um, infallibility,
1: like creating a world that is perfect, which is why people want to join.
0: Yeah like you 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 have to be the you have to be the model of it you have to be seen to be modeling it you have to be seen to be the perfect perfect exemplar of of working um capitalist christianity and if you're if you're running a church an evangelical church and so often it's going to go wrong things are going to go wrong families are complicated you're going to have a you know you're going to have a daughter who's who's Non-binary, you can have a, like, what, all of these things can happen. How do you deal with that within the church? Well, it's complicated because as as contemporary and as vivacious and social media friendly and savvy and everything else that that evangelical movement would like to be seen to be, at its core, there's an orthodoxy that is incredibly traditional. You know, there are commandments that are still there that are incredibly traditional, and it's that, um, you know, as well.
1: It's actually amazing that these commandments are still around in such a socially, like, the the way that the world goes and the way such a politically correct world, I guess you could say, and and it's moved so far beyond what, I guess, the original Bible said. And it's crazy to me that they're still there and it's like that in a lot of organized religion it's not just the evangelical church
0: yeah look i think in a way it's yeah i mean to, to, from my point of view it's organized religion full stop as soon as you know your perception of the of 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 um faith is 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 set in absolutes that's when the problems are going to start arising mm. but
1: for me for you yeah very good caveat for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just speaking of the people, you have a brilliant cast. I mean, this cast is an amalgamation of very established like yourself and Rebecca Gibney, you and Leslie, whom I adore, um, but also newcomers, I guess you could say, more that who haven't been in um, incredible masterpieces like yourself as yet. What made this cast so brilliant?
0: I think they're just really good. I mean, they're really good. They're really, they're, I think they're they're perfectly cast in their roles. Um, And they were incredibly uh, user-friendly, like incredibly fun bunch of people to work with. I loved all of my adult children. I just, I loved hanging with them. Rebecca's adorable. Um, And I've, you know, working with her is 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 just so great because we we have a kind of shorthand even though we've only ever worked together once before and it was years ago and it was only on uh i think it was like one week's work or something but it, yeah there was just a kind of shorthand that she and i had which was in, which was useful and I, I i really respect her work and think she did she's it's so interesting to see her in quite a different uh quite steely kind of powerful role like that. I think that's really interesting turf for her to to uh explore. But yeah, they were just great. And my God, the pe- you know, the cast who had to sing, they were so freaking great. Their, their voice is so beautiful. Because you know Anita, the 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 music is so hugely important. The mm. evangelical movement It's hugely important. I mean, look, music always has been from the time of, you know, Palestrina and Monteverdi and before. But now it's these kind of zinger earworm ballads that like people get goosebumps at church and they just think, oh my God, I'm, it's, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling it's it's the spirit of of god that's what this is and it could be that or it could be chord changes you know it it could be the way that those chords lead you in the way that music does into a mysterious thing where suddenly you're getting goosebumps all over you that's my feel that that's my feel that, that 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 music is used as an amazing way Get people to feel stuff because that's what music does.
1: That's, I'm like, I know my mouth's open. The, re- <laughs> the reason why I'm so shocked, it's so true though, because you think about if you're feeling a little bit down, you know, I'm, I know, I'll tell you, I put on S Club seven um, reach for yeah. the stars, but that <laughs> my <age. laughs> <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> glad I gave you a little laugh this morning, uh, but it is—it's like you do—you feel moved by it. You get energized from it, and that makes so much sense. Why they have earworms that—and if you think about it, they're all in a room together in those big stadiums, and it's yes. like the music moves you. It makes so much sense. I've never thought about that before.
0: Oh, the music and the lights and the—the <coughs> the lights, the lighting. I mean, it's. It's heavily orchestrated. It's really like, like a cold, you know, Coldplay concerts. Yeah. Oh my God! When those, when the piano came in in his voice, yes, amazing. Yes, you got goosebumps, and that's I guess. Look, all of that is the mastery of, of the evangelical uh, that that part of the evangelical movement. It's very, very, incredibly good music production. So much goes into that part of it. Yeah.
1: I'm scared to ask this, but I'm going to ask anyway, since you've been so wonderful and forthcoming. Do you think that a lot of these people who start these churches in your, with your research and to you, do you think that they know that they're creating a movement for that reason? Do you think that or do you think they genuinely believe? Do you think Cal Quinn as a character genuinely believes that he is changing lives?
0: I have no doubt, Anita, that they think that they're changing lives and that it's for the, be- for the best for everybody. I think they're I, – I think they've got – I think people get lost along the way, but I'm sure all of their hearts were exactly where they – you would want, want – would have wanted their hearts to be when they started. Along the way, you know – business class flights to Zip to Melbourne at some point became chartered jets because it was just handier and faster and to get there without all the delays and stuff. and and you didn't get pasty congregants coming up to you all the time at airports and stuff wanting signatures or whatever. you know, but I feel like along the way the the simplicity of it gets completely lost mm. it comes about the movement and the movement and the the giant sort of size of of the thing Be- it becomes predominant and of course wherever that is it needs a lot of money to service it and once there's money then you're getting more and more further and further away but but in terms of your original question? No, I, I I feel that they still feel, no matter how kind of lost along the way, and no matter, no matter how much compartmentalizing may have happened, I still feel they feel that they can change other people's lives for the better, and in some ways they do. Like they give people neighbourhood, they give people community, they mm-hmm. give all of this stuff, which I miss in my life. You know, I I you know I got good friends, so I feel great. We can go and see. These people and – but in terms of that beautiful community, that simple, small thing that church used to provide, I don't know. What do we do for that now? Mm. There's a hole in our lives where that used to be. It's taken up – it's filled up with kind of doom scrolling on social media and other shit, listening to S Club 7.
1: You know, know, that's rude. Um. (laughs) A little bit offended.
0: (laughs) But, you know, and that's that's actually a good thing. But, you know, all of the social media stuff, it's just kind of filling a void where mm-hmm. it used to be something that was, you know, there was more, more like more like life, more about life, more about engagement.
1: I can't believe that this has been half an hour. I'm, like, so engaged by you. I know. Never- <laughs> yeah. I I do have one final question, if that's okay. Yes. I know you probably get asked this a lot, but I just love to hear the answers. What advice would you have for yourself before you became an actor, before you went to NIDA, before you were in Moulin Rouge, had to throw it in there? Uh, But what what advice do you have for that young person, kind of knowing what you know now?
0: Stop fucking worrying, really stop worrying, you idiot <laughs> It's
1: very harsh
0: <laughs> yeah I think I would be harsh on myself I just think I I sweated and worried and um troubled so much caused myself so much pain yeah, and I feel like that so much of the time like there are interesting statistics around this but more than 97% of our, the things that we worry about apparently are bullshit. Like we
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: So there's a kind of minuscule proportion of the things that we worry about that are actually worth you to sort of think, well, yeah, that you should have worried about that because then that happened. But there's a vast, you know, vast number of it, amount of it. It just isn't worth it. And I feel like it's wasted life that you don't get back time spent. Worrying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm at night still, you know, worrying about my kids. I'll just, you will know, just think, I'll get in my head and be thinking, "Oh God!" But what is, you know, but maybe he's, maybe she's, and what if? And then, you know, even a day later, it's like, "Oh no, that turned out to be rubbish." You know, none of that happened, and it was all okay. And I feel like the ancient, the kind of Methuselah me. <laughs> In probably you know ten years' time, the but when it, when I look back on my life at the very end, you would you would really hope that at some point there was a moment we just stopped all of this incessant chattering worry because it's pointless.
1: It's wonderful to hear. I mean, probably not for you, but it is wonderful for someone like me who is an incessant warrior to hear that somebody like you. Is an incessant warrior. Like it's 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 normal to well, not normal probably, but it is normal for people like us to to really kind of worry about the future, worry about the people we love. It's very scary.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. But I I, I think um, I mean for a start, the worrying doesn't solve anything. The worrying you may as well have not done it and you'd be in exactly the same boat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Because you can't control anything. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I feel also that humans are incredibly resourceful. We're incredibly resourceful and always have been and adapt. We adapt and we're so smart. We've got a rat cunning with survival. We've outwitted everything and everybody. And I feel like we survive and we will find ways of surviving. And I'd like to think that anyway. I'd like to think that we will, you know, we will find solutions for things along the way. Because we always have. And the worrying about it achieves absolutely nothing.
1: I feel like if you started the Church of Richard, I would join.
0: Okay, I've got one minute.
1: Yes. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Thank you, Listen seven.
0: to Top Seven uh, every Sunday.
1: <laughs> I curse the day I told you that. Oh
0: You'll never live it down. I'll be bringing it up anytime in an in interview with you in the future. <laughs> Don't you worry.
1: Well, I am hoping that that is very, very soon because you are a pure delight. This has been an absolute treat. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for calling The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at theentertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud chatter podcast.